You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. Start your For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host. Let's go out there and have a good day, all right, buddy. Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 1102 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, and welcome to the penultimate edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening as always. I just love that word, penultimate. It means next to last. It is our next to last show of the 2019 season here on Sunday mornings, which means the NFL season is just regular season, that is. The season that actually I can stand um, is just two weeks away. Next week will be our thrilling season finale on Labor Day weekend, but two shows to go, including today. I uh, hope you uh, enjoy this one with me. Coming up on today's program, uh, lots of wide-open phones at 803-0551-888-552-550. But we'll also talk to Dustin Albino from FrontStretch.com and get his thoughts on all things going on in the NASCAR world as the Cup Series is off this weekend, their final off weekend until the stretch run to uh, Championship Weekend at Homestead in November with two races remaining in the regular season next Sunday at Darlington, the Southern 500, of course, and then the following weekend in Indianapolis to close out the regular season, and then it's playoffs, baby. The uh, playoffs for the uh, Monster Energy Cup Series Championship as the field will go from 16 to 8 to 4, for the or sixteen to twelve to eight to four, that is, uh, to get to the championship weekend at Homestead to decide this year's uh, Monster Energy Cup Series champion. But still, plenty of racing going on this weekend. Obviously, local racing had a busy weekend. Uh, Friday at Ransomville and Saturday at Lancaster, personally. But hope you had a chance to see some local racing as well too this weekend. Uh, the Cup and or excuse me, the Truck and Xfinity Series also in action this weekend in IndyCar too. Actually, it's kind of funny. You've got well, the Cup Series is off, but you've got the trucks and the Xfinity series on road courses, and IndyCar was on an oval this weekend. So I, I thought that was a, a funny juxtaposition a, a little bit as uh, the Xfinity series ran at Road America yesterday. Of course, the trucks, they are up north today. They're at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park in Bowmanville, Ontario. Maybe you're on your way there uh, for today's uh, truck series event up there. They just finished up qualifying. And then the IndyCar series was in action at Gateway last night on the oval there near St. Louis. And a crazy race there last night for uh, the IndyCar series. But uh, obviously the sports world still buzzing about this Andrew Luck retirement story. And it's, well, part of the reason why I can't stand the NFL these days with the, and not, not anything to do with Andrew Luck. You know, good for him. He's going out on his own terms. Great for him. And, I, you know, hopefully he uh, gets a handle on uh, everything he's going with in his life, puts himself in a good spot with his family, and I wish him the best of luck. But everything else that's going on around with this, uh, is why I hate the NFL, even though I'll be on my couch two weeks from today watching. And, you know, I have two fantasy drafts in the next two weeks. But uh, the 24-7, 365 news cycle of the NFL, I cannot stand. But I do still love watching the games on Sunday. You know, give me the Red Zone channel every Sunday I'm watching. And uh, my fantasy football team is my favorite football team. But uh, the the Andrew Luck story, all the the booing and terrible people on social media saying terrible things about them, uh, and the endless analysis is uh, hot garbage, uh, and I feel bad for anybody that has to talk about that for any length of time. But what if, what if this happened in NASCAR? What if Jimmy Johnson, I think Jimmy Johnson might be a good example of this. Jimmy's obviously hasn't gone through the injuries 
of uh, what Andrew Luck has gone through, but what if Jimmy Johnson next week in a Darlington just pulls off on lap 100 and said, that's it, guys, I'm done, Mr. Hendricks, sorry, I'm done, I don't want to race anymore, I want to retire. You know, could you blame him after this season, to be honest? What a, a frustrating year it's been for someone that's won seven championships, uh, barely uh, not even clinging to a playoff spot, claw, trying to claw into a playoff spot. And on your second crew chief of the season, you're driving a car that you probably hate driving because you it's totally different from the type of car that you won seven championships in. Probably, I'm just assuming, you know, Jimmy hasn't said too much about the Euro package this year, but really, could you blame Jimmy Johnson if he, even not even the middle of the race on Sunday, but just after practice on Friday or Saturday at Darlington next week and just say, yeah, I, I've had it. See ya. I'm out. Peace. You know, he's got a great family, a, a beautiful wife, two daughters, you know, he's loaded probably. Uh, he doesn't need to run another lap in that race car really for the rest of his life. He's set to go. Could you blame Jimmy Johnson if he just said, I'm done, uh, you know, it, it, after the middle of this weekend coming to Darlington or at the end of the season, could you blame Jimmy Johnson for wanting to hang it up after what a frustrating year it's been? Uh, I wouldn't. Uh, and, you know, I would not criticize him one bit because uh, he's made his mark on the sport. He's a, a legend, a seven-time champ. He's reached the uh, one of the ultimate statistical peaks of our sport outside of 200 wins seven championships is the ultimate is that other uh true benchmark uh, of ultimate greatness in nascar he's up there with uh two legends in richard petty and dale earnhardt he, you know i would not blame jimmy johnson if he went to darlington next weekend and said that's it guys i'm done uh, i'm retiring because uh just not having fun anymore and that, again, wouldn't blame him, but wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't that be something? It, the equivalent, that was instantly what I thought about when I heard this Andrew Luck thing, is like, what would be the uh, motorsports equivalent? And I, I immediately thought of uh, Jimmy Johnson and uh, the, 48, uh, the 48 team and just him, you know, calling it quits. So, uh, I, like I said, wouldn't blame him. Do you have, does anybody else have a possible, um, a possible, um, Oh my gosh! What's the word I'm looking for? Equivalent to this? Who else? Who else could you maybe put into that category? I guess locally, and again, slightly different scenario. But we talked to Chuck Hosfeld last week, of course, and Chuck is um, hanging it up from full time driving, and again, going out on his terms. Kind of a surprise announcement caught a lot of people off guard. Um, you know, he still still could run race for you know another 10 15 years really and uh, still be a a threat on a, a no matter where he showed up with the modified I mean just picked the one two races this weekend uh, including a heck of a race last night at Lancaster passing uh Sean Nye and Patrick Emmerling on the final corner of the final lap of the race but I guess there would be a, a somewhat of a, a, an equivalent uh locally with, with Chuck uh, deciding to uh call it quits at least from full-time uh car ownership slash driving duties uh, in modified racing. But there's another, I guess, example uh, of um, retirement, maybe out of nowhere, I guess you could say, that was uh, unexpected of sorts. But I don't know who else, if there's somebody else in the sport that uh, you could uh, draw it equivalent to. I guess you could also say Carl Edwards. I did see Carl's name kind of pop up in relation to this. Carl kind of retiring out of nowhere. Again, not doing it in the middle of a season or anything or right before. Well, actually, he did kind of do it right before the season because I think he retired in like January, uh, just a month or so before the Daytona 500. But I guess Edwards is another one that uh, you could say you know, is similar to this Andrew Luck situation as well, too, with uh, Luck or Ed Edwards calling it a career. And look, he's 
pretty much disappeared from the racing world. I think he's shown up. He showed up at the track like once the following season to help Daniel Suarez. And I don't know. We've barely heard a peep out of Carl Edwards uh, outside of maybe an occasional interview. But really, he's been you know living life in Missouri or, or wherever he is. Um, he has disappeared off the face of the earth, at least when it comes to racing. And again, going out in his own terms and everything. And uh, that'll be a, a great sort of a mystery to fully know what was going through Carl's mind when he decided to retire. And, you know, while there was lots of rumors at the time when he retired that, oh, Dodge is going to start in, is coming back to NASCAR and they're going to have Carl Edwards. And, uh, you know, after those initial rumors when he first retired, you know, he has pretty much stayed away from the track and out of the spotlight. So, uh, you know, it does, I guess it does happen uh, in motorsports too, somewhat similar uh, to Andrew Luck, although it's never happened right in the middle of a race, I guess. Um, I, I think there's been drivers that maybe have gotten out of the car and retired. I, I've heard of drivers, you know, maybe on the on the local level, in the short track level, you know, getting out of the car, winning a race, saying, that's it, I'm done, I'm retired, but uh, never on a major national level. At least not, nobody that jumps to mind. Feel free to point out if I'm missing somebody obvious here. But uh, never in the, the middle of a race or at the end of a race, uh, driver just getting out of the car saying, see you guys, I'm out, I'm retiring. Uh, you know, not like that. Not that Andrew Luck planned to announce his retirement right in the middle of that preseason game yesterday. Just kind of the news broke right in the middle of it, but it was still uh, kind of awkward um, with him sitting on the sidelines and uh, the the news of his impending retirement getting out. But uh, yeah, I never in the I don't know. I it would be something to have a, a driver just kind of pull off the track and, and get out of the car and never come back in. Eight oh three oh five fifty one. 888-550-2550. The, uh, as I said, the uh, other two major national NASCAR series on road courses this weekend. Uh, the Xfinity Series racing yesterday at Road America in uh, Wisconsin, wrapping up their uh, crazy August with the three road course races and then the trip to Bristol uh, stuffed in the middle. And Christopher Bell picking up another win. We had Christopher on the show a couple of weeks back. Uh, picking up the win for Joe Gibbs Racing over Austin Sindrick and Tyler Reddick and Noah Gragson and Kaz Grala last night or yesterday at Road America. Uh, Justin Haley, Chase Briscoe, Jeremy Clements, Justin Elgar, Cole Custer uh, rounding out the top 10 finishers yesterday there at Road America. As the uh, Bell, of course, one of the big three this year in the Xfinity Series that continued to pile up wins. And then the Truck Series, as I said, up at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park in Bowmanville, Ontario. This race is always uh, kind of a rugged one. Lots of physicality out there on the racetrack. When uh, the trucks get on the road course there, we've seen some memorable moments with the uh, trucks beating and banging. But Brett Moffitt, who won the opening round of the truck playoffs, uh, he will be on the pole today. Uh, Todd Gillen will join him on the front row. Ross Chastain qualified third. Alex Tagliani, the uh, great Canadian driver that's driven you know just about everything from IndyCar to uh, he's a regular in the Pinty series these days. He is uh, driving, I believe, for Kyle Busch Motorsports today. He will roll off fourth. Ben Rhodes qualified fifth. Uh, Austin Hill, Harrison Burton, Tyler Ankrum, Raphael Lissard, another Canadian driver, Matt Crafton, qualifying the top ten. Stuart Friesen qualified twelfth, but uh, he will uh, have to go at the tail of the field because he had to go to a backup truck after uh, backing his truck into a tire barrier. And I believe also uh, Sheldon Creed and Jordan Anderson also have to drop to the rear of the field as a couple of drivers did get some damage in practice. Uh, Jim in Hamburg was on the line for a second, and he brought up something to, I see the comment here on the call screen at least, but Bobby Isaac, that is a good one. The hearing, what was it, hearing the voices at Talladega, and I guess 
and I, maybe that was in the middle of the race. Thank you. I knew there was somebody obvious I'd be missing, uh, especially maybe from back in the day that uh, wouldn't jump to mind. But yeah, def- thank you, Jim, for at least mentioning that. Unfortunately, you dropped off. I would have uh, got you on here. But Bobby Isaac uh, in Talladega, I think he heard voices or something, and he decided to call quits. I guess that would that would be a great example, uh, motorsports-wise, of kind of what, excuse me, what Andrew Luck uh, is going through right now in the NFL. But yeah, Bobby Isaac uh, definitely. Uh, could have been, uh, you know, a, a, a winning winning a championship right in the middle of the you know Petty Pearson heyday back there in the 1970s, and uh, just a, he just one day he was an, an odd cat from uh, all um, everything I've kind of read about him and learned about him uh, in in uh, just uh, learning more about Bobby Isaac. But yeah, he I think he did uh, park the car in the middle of the race. Said yeah, I I don't want to do this anymore. So that that is a good one. So thank you for bringing it up. I knew. Like I said, there'd be somebody somebody obvious I'd be missing, and that is a great example of that. Again, 803-0550-1888-552-550. We'll get Dustin Albino here on the line from FredStretch.com in just a minute. But uh, as I said, yeah, Stuart Friesen will have to go to the rear of the field along with uh, Jordan Anderson and Sheldon Creed today um, for today's truck series race. Only 29 trucks uh, for the uh, race today at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park, as uh, the series kind of struggled to uh, get a lot of trucks to make the trip up to Canada for uh, today's race. One driver that wanted to be there but unfortunately uh, won't be racing is Tyler Dipple, who is uh, a young man, I think 19 years old, uh, you know, based uh, originally uh, from the eastern end of New York State, started out in dirt modifieds and had been driving for, uh, the zero two 2 car, um, or zero two 2 truck that is, uh, this season, and he has been suspended indefinitely by NASCAR, and uh, that news came out, I think, on Friday, and it was for uh, at the the old phrase, actions detrimental to stock car racing. We don't know publicly uh, what the reason uh, Tyler has been suspended by NASCAR. There are some rumors of uh, possible um, run-ins with the law and illegal substances, but those are just strictly rumors. Uh, there's n- not been any kind of supporting details. Uh, coincidentally, his Twitter account got suspended, but uh, there hasn't been any uh, evidence of any kind of social media shenanigans. Um, no, no, nobody kept screenshotted anything he may have posted on, on Twitter that got his account suspended, but uh, regardless, uh, Tyler Dippel uh, is has been suspended by NASCAR, and uh, DJ Kennington, another one of the great Canadian racers, will be filling in in the O2 truck today at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. But uh, we will maybe uh, be hearing more uh, about that story uh, in the coming week um, on the uh, the O2 truck. And uh, again, uh, the Young Motorsports team, uh, you know, posting a statement that. Uh, they were uh, disappointed in, in uh, everything going on with uh, with the situation with their driver, but they uh, obviously have to adhere to uh, what NASCAR uh, ruled, and uh, they had to make the driver switch for today. But that came down on uh, Friday with Tyler Dipple uh, being parked by NASCAR. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if we do uh, actually get confirmation on what the issue was with Tyler and uh, if, if and when he'll be reinstated uh, by the sport. Uh, again, 803-0551-888-550-2550, as uh, we're having trouble uh, getting touch with uh, Dustin Albino today. But uh, as the Cup Series uh, off this weekend, and maybe the one thing that uh, Denny Hamlin didn't want to see, Denny has been uh, on a hot streak uh, as of late, uh, now up to four wins this season, 
as uh, he picked up another one last weekend at Bristol, as we talked about. And uh, how about Denny's last five races? Well, that really last six races. Kentucky fifth, Loudoun second, Pocono win, Glen, the Watkins Glen third, Michigan second, and Bristol a win. And all of a sudden, um, Denny Hamlin is uh, really a legit championship contender. Uh, Denny's always been kind of on the cusp of being a real championship contender, but has only made it to the, the championship four uh, one time in the Cup Series. Uh, in his career since they've gone to this playoff format, but really this could be Denny Hamlin's year as he is kind of rounding into a a legit contender here with this string of top five finishes and top three finishes really in his last five starts. Uh, Not that he really faltered much this season. He dropped to a low as seventh in the standings, but really outside of a uh, 36th place run at Talladega this year, uh, he's had good consistent finishes. Uh, you know, the restrictor plates have kind of out, well, not the win at Daytona 500 obviously got him off to a good start, but Talladega in the second race, Daytona did not fare well, but those are the two biggest blemishes on his record this season. But, um, are you buying, uh, Denny Hamlin by yourself? Denny Hamlin is a, a, a championship contender this year with uh, how things are, uh, you know, going for the 11 team here. He and, uh, uh, crew chief Chris Gabehart, uh, now four wins, including two in the last four races. And, um, Definitely, uh, if you know, next week we'll probably I'll probably do my usual uh, end of season predictions in our season finale. But I, I think uh, I'd be penciling Denny Hamlin at least as I think about it today, penciling Denny Hamlin into my final four at Homestead uh, with how things are turning around. Uh, not really turning around, but just he's kind of hitting this hot streak here, uh, heading towards the end of the regular season. And he's now uh, third in the point standings and also is uh, loaded up on 23 playoff points, which uh, ties him with Martin Truex for the second most playoff points. Kyle Busch uh, has the most playoff points and leads the point standings. I was going to say, I thought, you know, we haven't heard much, too much from Kyle Busch. And I said, oh, he's must, you know, not, I just kind of was generalizing an opinion in my head is like, man, Kyle must not be having the last few weeks. You know, we haven't heard a, a lot about him. Uh, not that he's been crashing or anything. He's been leading laps. And I thought, oh, let, let's look at, you know, Kyle's stats. And really, he's actually not falling off the pace all that much, but still just you, when you don't, he hasn't been winning, I guess. Um, and, you know, Denny's kind of gone on this hot streak. So maybe he's kind of pulled ahead of Kyle Bush at JGR over this last month or so. But still, Kyle not really slacking off, despite what I was think, uh, thinking in my head uh, coming together with my thoughts for today's program. But you look at Kyle's last six races during this hot streak for Denny, and it's still not too bad because he finished second uh, at Kentucky, eighth at Loudoun, ninth at Pocono, 11th at the Glen, uh, sixth at Michigan, and, and fourth at Bristol. So. So I guess it's unlike Kyle Busch because he hasn't won since Pocono, really, which has been quite a stretch. You know, racked up four wins in the first 14 races, but has not won since uh, the first Pocono race back in June. Uh, He does have two second-place finishes, though, during that stretch at Sonoma and at Kentucky. But, you know, it just seems kind of like unlike Kyle Busch because it's just been a a quiet stretch for him because he hasn't racked up any wins here. Uh, since uh, the middle of June and uh, ten races to go, uh, ten races ago in the Cup Series, um, but still leading the points. Obviously, uh, he might be just kind of saving up just a little bit too, trying to make a run for his second championship. And uh, obviously, he is going to be, uh, I think, penciled into my final four here going forward. The the couple of question marks, the biggest question mark might be around Joey Logano, who is uh, second in the point standings. But he has, while Hamlin is kind of in an upswing, uh, Logano in the twenty two team. Are on a you know an up, a downswing a bit right now. You know uh, Joey's last four races: 13th at Pocono, 23rd at the Glen, 17th at Michigan, and 16th at Bristol. 
and uh, you know the, I think the incident at Bristol, not all, completely out of his own doing, but really this team might be struggling just a little bit for uh, a defending Cup Series champion. Has not won since Michigan, and has his two wins this year, of course, at Vegas and at Michigan this season. But uh, is the uh, 22 team are they starting to stumble here a little bit? Can they get things turned around uh, headed towards the playoffs as they look to defend their Cup Series champion? So he would he's kind of on my bubble, I guess, right now for the Final Four. Um, you got, of course, Truex and Harvick and Keselowski all right there. And, and really, it's maybe four out of those six that will be positioning self, themselves to go to the Final Four at Homestead uh, in November. And uh, we'll talk more about, again, predictions uh, on next week's program. But uh, just kind of had some extra time here in this segment with, with uh, not able to get a touch with Dustin Albino uh, from FredStretch.com. But I definitely looking at four out of the, the top six there, probably are where your final four are going to come from. As, uh, you know, with the playoff points and, and the way the playoff system is now, it's I think it's harder for kind of that upset uh, we've kind of seen since the, the most recent changes to the playoff formats and the playoff points and everything uh, that – Upsets are kind of hard to come by, I think. Uh, you know, you don't see like an, a 16 upsetting a one or an eight upsetting a one in, in other sports. That doesn't, it's a little bit more of a challenge uh, in the NASCAR playoffs unless a guy gets really hot, say like maybe a Tony Stewart did when he won his championship and won five races. You know, uh, it's it's harder for that 14th, 15th, 16th place driver to kind of make a run to the final four unless they get really hot. But Really, uh, when you look at the season-long performance, you look at the guys 14 at the bottom of the playoffs here: Almarola, Jones, Newman, Suarez. Are those guys? Those guys um, outside of maybe some performances out of Eric Jones this year. Um, you know, you don't look to see them kind of unseating the big guys in, in the bushes and Logano's and Hamlin's and Harvick's and Truex's. You know, just. It's the the their performances haven't matched up to those guys, and that's why they're struggling to make a playoff spot. So outside of a a major turn of events or some good luck for the guys at the bottom of the playoff grid, it's uh, tough to uh, for them to advance. And plus, they don't have the the playoff points like these other guys do that give them an advantage as well too. They're already behind the eight ball points wise. It's not um, you know like a a stick and ball playoff sport where everything's zero zero going to the postseason. It isn't really in the NASCAR playoffs with the playoff points. And uh, they're, those guys at the top of the standings already have an advantage going in, so it requires uh, a huge. It would be a huge upset for to see some of those guys at the bottom of the playoff grid to uh, move forward past maybe you know the you know they might get to the round of twelve or eight, but really uh, once we get to that final four, uh, they need to have some luck on their side, I think, to uh, really. Uh, make it all the way to Homestead and have a shot at the championship. But hey, never say never. You know, nobody was predicting Joey Logano was going to win the championship at this point last year. Everybody was talking about the big three in Bush and Truex and Harvick after they dominated the year. And then Logano uh, got it together at the right time, made the final four, and uh, pulled off a huge upset, winning the championship uh, last season uh, with the 22 team. But again, they're Slightly struggling here just a little bit late in the regular season. We're going to head to a break here. Unfortunately, we're not able to get in touch with our guests, but we get back. Phone lines will still be open, 803-0550, 1-888-550-2550. We'll be back with more Fast Track here on WGR. Hi, this is Denny Hamlin, driving the number 11 FedEx Toyota, and you're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. 11.30 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, Dave Buchanan and WGR's Fast Track. I 
looked it up on Bobby Isaac there during the break. And again, thanks to, I think it was Jim in Hamburg that brought it to my attention. Uh, 1973 Talladega 500, Bobby uh, apparently hearing voices telling him to quit, and he just parked the car and left. But it wasn't a permanent retirement. He did come back uh, in 1974 and ran a limited schedule from 74 to 76 and ultimately passed away in uh, 1977 in a late model sportsman race at Hickory, uh, dying of a heart attack due to uh, heat exhaustion uh, from being in the car that day. But, uh, yeah, that uh, again, thank you for that, Jim. Uh, kind of... Uh, in a correlation with the uh, Andrew Luck retirement announcement, we're talking about drivers, you know, potentially hanging it up out of nowhere. And uh, Isaac, uh, a good example of that in the motorsports world. We're going to go to the Western Hotline, though, and bring in from FrontStretch.com, Dustin Albino. We've gotten a hold of Dustin, and Dustin, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Dave. How are you? Doing well. And uh, yeah, how about that? I don't know how much of a football fan you are, Dustin, but. That just a crazy scene yesterday with uh, the Colts and Andrew Luck, and I um, immediately I thought, would you blame Jimmy Johnson if he did the same thing next weekend at Darlington? No, uh, <laughs> yeah, that caught me. That caught me off guard. I think it caught up, you know, most of America, most of the world off guard. Uh, you know, I played football ten years growing up, uh, third through twelfth grade. So, you know, I, I know the mental mindset you have to have at that. Obviously, not at that level, but yeah, that came out of left field. And he's only been in the league seven years. Obviously, been a lot of injuries. Um, but the closest thing I can relate this to NASCAR would be Carl Edwards a couple of years ago. Yep. You know, coming so close to a championship and then just hanging it up over the offseason in 2016. So, uh, kind of wild. And, yeah, that definitely caught me off guard yesterday. Well, Dustin, we're here in the the final off weekend for the Cup Series here in 2019. As we will, uh, as the series heads to Darlington next week for the Southern 500 in the final two races of the regular season. And right now, it's it's Denny Hamlin's world, and we're all just kind of playing in it as Denny's kind of gone on a hot streak here the last five weeks. Uh, where has Denny landed? Let's say on your power rankings here with with this performance as of late. Is he your top contender right now in the Cup Series for the championship? He is, and that might be an unpopular opinion, uh, but he's got six straight top fives, which is the first time he's ever done that. His previous career long was four. Um, and, you know, Denny heats up, and this has been the, the kind of the theory throughout his career. Uh, he heats up as the season goes on, and mm-hmm. the playoffs suit, suit him well. Um, no, you know, since he's, his championship four has been in place, he's only made one of the five championship four races mm-hmm. at Homestead. But... I think this is either. I mean, this is going to be the best year he's had in terms of playoff points. So you're looking at it now, and he's what tied third or second or third on the playoff points with Truex and Kyle. Yep. Uh, it it it's shaping up to be a JGR. I would say if there's no more than two in the final four, it'd be a big disappointment. Um, but even three, I feel like they're the top three to beat. Uh, who would the? Which of the other uh, JGR drivers would you put? Would it be? Oh, well, Truex, or did, uh, I don't know, Eric Jones might be the long shot there out of the bunch to make it to the Final Four. Yeah, I would say, you know, Kyle, Denny, and Truex. Um, but, you know, crazy things happen in the playoffs, as we've seen through the, X- the Xfinity and Truck Series, as well as the Cup Series over the past few years. So it wouldn't shock me if one of the three don't make it. Um but if no more than two make it, I'd be a big disappointment. I agree there. Uh, you know, Toyota Camp doing pretty good right now, but the Ford drivers had a, they've had an up and down season. Which of the Ford contenders are you most worried about right now? Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, or Brad Keselowski? Most worried about. Yes. Um, 
I would go with Gano, I guess, only because he's he's been fast all year, but he hasn't had the the finishes to top it off. He should have won like four or five races. He only got two wins. I think in Kentucky, you know, there's a late caution. Like restart with a like charter, he finishes seventh when he was leading. So uh, there's been a couple races like that. Richmond earlier this year. Um, and it just he he should have four or five wins, like I said. Mm-hmm. And he lately he just hasn't gotten the finishes. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if, hey, no one thought of them last year as a championship favorite either, or even to make the Final Four. Um, now, I would say they're probably the fourth or fifth best team this year, but they definitely got to turn it around because they got four straight uh, finishes outside the top ten. Dustin Albino joining us here on WGR's Fast Track. Uh, before we had John Dustin, I was kind of talking about the, the NASCAR postseason and you know, while we love upsets in sports, it seems like the hardest place to, to find an upset usually is the NASCAR playoffs, just the way they're structured and with the playoff points and everything. Um, you know, the guys at the bottom of the playoff grid have a hard time advancing uh, unless they, they pull some surprise wins. And really, if I had to pick my, you know, final four today, I, I wouldn't maybe stray outside of the guys' top six currently in points. But what about you? Is there somebody. Uh, towards the the bottom end of the playoff grid that you think maybe can make a run? Maybe someone like a Kyle Larson or a, a Ryan Blaney or an Alex Bowman. Do you think someone could be uh, get hot here in the postseason and have a shot to go to Homestead? Yeah, so you're right on that. It's hard to find Cinderella stories in NASCAR. Um, but if I had to pick one, I would go – I'm going to lean towards Alex Bowman um, only because, you know, this would be a stretch for him to make it to Homestead, but the final eight, I could definitely see as a possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's written, you know, Hendricks ran well at mile and a half all year, especially Bowman. Obviously, went in at Chicago two months ago. Um, he's tenth in points. He's ran a, you know, he had a bunch of top two finishes at tracks in the playoffs earlier this year, and so he told me straight up he's excited to go to Las Vegas. He thinks they're going to be really good there. Um, also, I think Eric Jones could be dangerous. Um, yeah. We've seen him have a hot streak lately, uh, two straight, fin- you know, two bad finishes in a row. But prior to that, four straight top fives. Well, I think he can be sneaky. Uh, but other than that, nah, not really. I yeah. would go probably Jones Bowman. Um. And I just lost my train of thought, Dustin. I apologize. Yeah, definitely, uh, you know, Bowman, I, I wasn't thinking about him much, but you're right. I, if it would be either him or maybe Kyle Larson for me, uh, obviously, you know, Kyle has his tracks that he's uh, much stronger on, especially if it's a, a track he can run the outside line. Um, you know, he uh, obviously, uh, if things play out right, uh, Larson could be a guy maybe too that uh, advances uh, into the final four, uh, we were. T- oh, I know. I'm getting on back on track here. Uh, we were talking about Cinderellas, and when you said the word Cinderella, actually the name, of course, of Matt De Benedetto uh, <laughs> jumped to my mind, of course, and uh, so much attention being paid to Matt right now, and well deserved because of uh, the 95 team performance of late. Uh, what are have you heard anything connected to Matty D in uh, his uh, prospects for next season in landing a ride in not even the Cup Series, but maybe the Xfinity or, or trucks going forward for 2020? You know, unfortunately, I haven't. Um, I'm sure he has, though, because there has been talks of him and Barstool possibly teaming up. Uh, Dave Portnoy talked, interviewed him after the Bristol race. And, you know, Matt, Matty D is a fan, a fan favorite. Um, I was at Bristol last weekend, and the roar he got was something like I've never really heard before at a sporting event. And I've been to hundreds of sporting events. So uh, that, that was cool to see. As for next year, I mean, the 38s out there, yep. but I don't, you know, 
that would be a step back. It'd be a step back from even you could argue go fast because go fast is ahead of the 38 team in points right now and the 36. Yeah. Um, if I was him, I'd want maybe take a year off from Cup. Maybe go to Xfinity uh, and get you know get a top tier ride. You'd be a championship favorite. Probably win the championship. Uh, obviously, that comes down to Homestead. Um, but why not? Because you know contract wise for for the Cup Series next year. A lot of people, you know, there's teams that have options on drivers and drivers that have options, but there's not many seats opening up, not many elite level seats. Mm-hmm. Now, in 20, now for 2021, that'll be different. So, you know, I'd say wait a year, go to Xfinity, win races, prove, you know, you've already proved that you can run up front, but you've never won a race at the national touring level. Even yesterday in the Road America, dominated the race, late caution, and then he, you know, he spins on the final lap to finish 27th. So, you know, I'm a Matty D fan. I think he can definitely win at the top level. But why not go back to Xfinity, get five, six wins, maybe the championship, and, and you know, go for it in 2021 at the cup level. Dustin Albino, appreciate you uh, joining us and glad we could get you on here. What is uh, coming up this week uh, at FrontStretch.com and the Front Stretch podcast? What could we be looking forward to uh, from you guys this week leading up to Darlington? For sure, yeah. I sat down with Eric Jones at Bristol, and we'll have a conversation with him on the podcast this week, uh, kind of summing up his 2019 and also his recent hot streak. And also, you know, they're going to Darlington, so why his paint scheme, which is a throwback to his first ever late model uh, race, Mm -hmm. uh, why that's so important to him to have that scheme. Uh, And then also, you know, I'm kind of the Xfinity Series beat writer at Front Stretch, so I'll have an interview or an article on Tommy Joe Martins this week talking about his change from uh, BJ McLeod Motorsports to uh, MBM, which is really his first big change of his NASCAR career. So definitely look forward to that on Thursday. I like Tommy Joe. He's always very candid on Twitter and gives a kind of like an inside perspective from that guy that's running for one of those underfunded teams. And he, he kind of shows a lot of people behind the curtain on what goes on with teams at that level. For sure, yeah, very outspoken, always has been, I think always will be. Um, and, this, you know, this is a good opportunity for him because he wants to be in Cup. He's not, he's, you know, he said he's not getting any younger. He's 32 years old. And, you know, he, he's the only team that he could go to that has a Cup team would be MBM and not have to bring a ton of funding. So uh, this is a good shot for him. He's the pride of Auburn, New York, Dustin Albino. Dustin, thank you once again for your time this morning. Uh, enjoy the rest of the uh, NASCAR season, and hopefully we'll, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for having me on. All right, Dustin, thank you for the time. At, at Dustin Albino on Twitter if uh, you want to follow him for more. And again, over at FrontStretch.com. Uh, appreciate uh, his thoughts. As I said uh, in the opening segment of the program, IndyCar was also in action uh, this weekend. They were at the Gateway Motorsports Park near St. Louis. And uh, if you're looking for a, a local tie to, to the Gateway Motorsports Park, John B.C., who uh, worked at Holland and Lancaster uh, in the uh, 70s and 80s as an announcer and PR person, and uh, he uh, now works over at that facility. Actually, Worldwide Technology Raceway is, uh, excuse me, that's the official name uh, of the uh, facility. But a wild one last night for the IndyCar Series. Takuma Sato picked up the win, and uh, what a week it was for Takuma after receiving a lot of criticism for sparking Uh, A huge opening lap crash at Pocono the week before that took out, uh, among other drivers, uh, Alexander Rossi and Ryan Hunter-Ray last week at Pocono and really put a hurt on Rossi's potential of winning the championship. Uh, Sato bounced back and won yesterday at Gateway, beating Ed Carpenter by a half a car length. 
And uh, these guys weren't much of a story through most of the race. It was um, Rossi and uh, Santino Ferrucci were kind of battling for, for most of the race for the lead. Uh, Ferrucci leading 97 laps. Sato, uh, or excuse me, um, also Newgarden leading a bunch of laps. And uh, Alexander Rossi was uh, very aggressive last night. But uh, late race uh, pit strategy kind of paid off for uh, Sato and Carpenter. They stayed out while a couple of cars, including Rossi, pitted. They got trapped a lap down when the caution came out. And uh, that allowed Sato and Carpenter to uh, battle for the win. Instead of having to pit under green, they were able to pit under caution. And uh, they actually want, they wound up deciding the race for themselves. And Carpenter made a, a dash at the end of the race but could not get Sato down the front straightaway. And Sato won by about a half a car length. Tony Kanaan uh, finishing third. A nice run for TK uh, as he's had his struggles this season. Ferrucci, uh, the top rookie in the series so far this year, he winds up finishing fourth. Simon Pagano fifth. Connor Daly, great run for him in sixth. Joseph Newgarden maintained his points lead, but he lost about three positions on the last lap. He spun coming off at turn four and got passed by about three, four cars. I think he was running third or fourth, wound up seventh. Didn't hurt him too badly in the standings, but still uh, cost Newgarden a few points. Uh, Hunter Ray, Colton Herta, and Marco Andretti rounded out the top 10. Rossi wound up uh, 13th in a lap down again after he got trapped. He had to pit under green, and that late, late caution really did him in. So a couple of rough weeks for Rossi has dropped him back to third in the standings. Newgarden still leads. Pagano is now second, so Penske running one and two, and it's about 38-point lead for Newgarden uh, over Pagano uh, for the championship standings. Rossi still has a shot, but he is about... Uh, 46 points, I believe, behind Newgarden, just doing some quick mental math. Uh, Scott Dixon, Will Power, they had troubles last night. Uh, Dixon has some mechanical issues. He's fourth, but he is about 60, uh, take that back, um, 60 or 70 points out of the lead, and Will Power crashed out of the race, and now he's over about 150 out. So uh, he's probably not going to be a threat for the championship this year, and it'll be likely as Penske teammates uh, challenging for the title this year in IndyCar. But uh, Sato getting the win at Gateway after Power and Dixon finished one and two last week at Pocono with uh, Power getting the win there. Uh, Dixon finishing second with Pagano Ferrucci again, another fourth place finishing. Newgarden rounding out the top five. Rossi wound up 18th because of that opening lap crash and just another scary crash at Pocono uh, with Sato's car getting overturned. Luckily, nobody got hurt this year like the uh, incident last season with the the, the terrible crash uh, last year. Um, oh my gosh, and. and the driver's name, the teammate to James Hinchcliffe that we had on the Wickens, Robert Wickens, excuse me, I couldn't pull it off the tip of my tongue there. Uh, the terrible accident he had there at Pocono last year and has been struggling uh, to regain, you know, uh, walking ability and everything. Uh, again, another scary crash at Pocono with a multi-car incident on the opening lap. Luckily, uh, you know, everybody got away from that unscathed, but uh, definitely does not help Pocono and their chances of remaining on the IndyCar schedule uh, for 2020 and going forward, as uh, we kind of talked about last week with uh, Pocono wants IndyCar back. IndyCar's like, yeah, I don't know. And uh, they might be trying to move that date to Richmond or another racing facility. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. We come back, we'll hit the uh, local racing roundup. No rain this weekend, a gorgeous weekend for local racing, so lots of results to get to, and a pretty cool race tonight as well, too, uh, across the border. We'll talk about that next as we wrap up this edition of Fast Track on WGR. Let's find out who visited Victory Lane this weekend. It's time for the local racing roundup on WGR's Fast Track. Uh, what a great weekend it was of local racing. We start Friday night action, Lancaster Dragway. Mason Fix getting his first top ET win of the season. Mason's racking up wins all over the place. 
at Lancaster in Ohio and Pennsylvania. He's having a great year uh, for that second-generation driver. Tony Madonia beating track owner Mike Swinarski in top eight eliminator. Mo Alfaki got another Street Outlaw win. Gary Brewer, Dan Marvin winning uh, Buffalo Street Outlaw Street Limited classes. Reed Rickardson beating brother Ryan in the Mod ET final. Lucas Salemi got his fifth win of the year in bikes and sleds. And Fast Eddie Semlich got the win in Street ET over Dan Nab Friday night at the Big R Ransomville Speedway. Eric Rudolph, Matt Williamson, another chapter in their rivalry this season. And Eric came out on top over Matt Williamson, Chad Brockman, Gary Lindbergh, and Mike Bowman for his fifth win of the year. Eric now has a 27-point lead heading into this Friday's uh, season championship night with a $2,000 to win feature uh, for the 358 Modifieds. Garrison Krentz got his first sportsman win of the year over Derek Wagner and Brett Senek. Billy Bleach in the street stocks, a wild uh, event there for the street stock. Cole Susie in the mini stocks, and Mike Martin got the novice sportsman win. Saturday night, or Friday night, over at the Spencer Speedway, Chuck Hosfeld got the race of champions sportsman win. Tommy Barron uh, got the win in the super stocks Friday at Spencer. Saturday at Lancaster was Chuck Hosfeld again. He was running third when they took the white flag. But first, when they got to the checkered flag, as the leaders went into turn three, Sean Nye went to the inside of Patrick Emerling. Both cars side-by-side side go up the racetrack. Chuck darks to the inside three wide, steals the win for his second of the weekend. Quite a finish there for the hot shoe in the sportsman. Uh, Rich Sharp won the Ken Heckler Tribute 51 lapper for the street stocks. And the four-cylinders, Dave Brunka and Bobby Holmes winning for the second week in a row in the um, TQ Midges there at Lancaster on Saturday night. Wyoming County International Speedway last night. Jason Anishevitz uh, won the four-cylinder race and uh, unofficially uh, clinched the track championship. Rock, Rob Laskowski got the stock division win in the four-cylinders at Wyoming County. Uh Troy Williams, who we had on the show, uh, the driver, the guy that, a uh, longtime local racer and uh, car owner, worked with Daniel Suarez. He was featured on TV at Watkins Glen. He was one in the last two weeks in the Super Stocks at Wyoming County. Dave Krawczyk, uh winning the track championship, but Troy Williams winning the final two uh, features of the last two features in the Super Stocks at Wyoming County. Brian Hallett won the six-cylinder feature and I believe clinched the track championship as well. The SST Modifieds' Alan Bookmiller clinched the track championship as he won the uh, points finale of the season, so congrats to Alan uh, on picking that one up. That was a close battle with Kevin Timmerman, but Timmerman unfortunately uh, got into some trouble with uh, another competitor and got taken out, and uh, that opened up the door for Bookmiller to steal the win and the championship there at Wyoming County. Genesee Speedway last night. I'm going off of some uh, social media reports on this, so if this is wrong, I apologize. But Jeremy Wonderling in the late models getting the win. Uh, Cam Tuttle got the sportsman win over Austin Susie and Jim Harbison. Dante Mancuso in the mini stocks. Josh Pangrazio in the street stocks last night over at Genesee Speedway. Uh, didn't get the official results from the track, but just uh, picking those up. Uh, over on social media. And Merrittville Speedway last night as well, too. Mike Bowman getting a, another 358 modified win over Ryan Susi and Matt Williamson. Dave DePietro getting the sportsman win. He's had a rough year, but has been getting better here late in the season over James Michael Friesen and Robbie Johnston. Rob Murray in the Hoosier Sox. Austin Wurstrow in the four-cylinders. Brent Bigelow in the Mod Lights. Kevin Conley in the six-cylinders. Tonight, big one at Humberstone Speedway. Uh, one of their biggest events of the year, the 5th Annual Pete Costco Memorial. Uh, 75 laps, $4,000 to win for the Modifieds and the Race of Champions Dirt Sportsman Series. Two grand to win, Canadian. <laughs> 40 laps uh, for the uh, Race of Champions Dirt Sportsman, plus a full show with late model street stocks, Pro 4 truck, mini stocks, 
Uh, lots of bonus money up for grabs for all divisions. That's at uh, 6.30 tonight, I believe, over at the Humberstone Speedway in Port Colborne, Ontario. That is, oh, yeah, 6.30 uh, is the start time there. Uh, a great night to remember uh, a great man, Pete Costco, who uh, suddenly passed away five years ago when I was uh, working at the Speedway there on a weekly basis. Uh, suddenly passed away. He was the owner of the track at the time. His wife, Linda, continues uh, to own the the property with uh, uh, Dave Bittner uh, kind of running things this year over at the Humberstone Speedway. But uh, that should be a, a great show. Uh, coming up this Friday night, Spencer Speedway's got the Maynard Troyer Classic for the Modifieds. Lots of bonus stuff up for grabs for the Race of Champions Modifieds this Friday at the Spencer Speedway, plus late models. And uh, I believe the four cylinders, too, over in action uh, this Friday night at the Spencer Speedway. That should be a pretty good show. Also, Ranceville, as I said, the championships will be decided in the Modifieds and the Sportsman. Plus, they got a demolition derby this Friday night uh, at the Big R, as you heard in one of the breaks earlier here in this hour. That'll do it for us. And uh, the white flag is out. We're taking the white flag here on the 2019 season of WGR's Fast Track. As uh, one show left, our thrilling season finale, as I like to joke, uh, we leave you with the ultimate cliffhanger, the entire NASCAR playoffs that we don't get to talk about here on the program because of Bill's football, but it's been another fun year on the show. So uh, as we like to do at the end of the season, we'll get out the crystal ball, try and predict what happens for the rest of the NASCAR season. We'll tell you about some great local racing events, too, that'll wrap up the uh, final month, month and a half of the local racing season as well, and hopefully chat with you one more time. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you for one more time here in 2019 next Sunday here on WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.